the polarization of Halloween ends and the interesting critiques that came after it. Join me and a special guest, Josh Blokey, as we discuss our take on Halloween ends, starting in five, four, three, two. Attention, attention, do not be disturbed. You are now leaving reality and entering midnight social distortion. Hello, everybody. Two things to note before we get into the episode. One, the first half of the episode may be kind of choppy given the fact that there was some audio technical difficulties that went down mid-conversation I didn't know a way to fix that because it was like I said mid-conversation and everything was flowing and I kind of got distracted in trying to find out what was wrong so bear with me because the episode does clear out speaking of the episode itself second thing of note this conversation went almost three hours and probably did go past three hours so what you're hearing today is episode one of a two-part episode about halloween ends so enjoy and keep it spooky and welcome back to another episode of midnight social distortion again i am your host marco estes and this week i am joined by a special guest somebody who i've been trying to get on for a long time but didn't know how to actually work a special guest thing and i finally was able to capture him while he was free because he's a busy man and that is josh blokey or as you probably know him as jay blokey on instagram and twitter welcome josh hello how have you been today you said it again i'm excited to be here oh thank you i'm excited to have you uh and this week we're going to be discussing halloween ends i've been telling you guys i was going to be doing this um review and i wanted to do it with somebody else usually i do reviews by myself but i wanted to talk to somebody else who watched the movie and i initially thought josh that i was going to talk to one person who enjoyed it and one person who didn't but luckily you were somebody who uh enjoyed it just as much as i did and i'm probably gonna have somebody on that didn't enjoy it and just discuss it with them um but yeah because it's been polarizing these last what three days four days um yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> it's almost to the point where um, I'm actually I feel like it's becoming a bandwagon thing now. Mm-hmm. Like to kind of, sh- I, I should ask. Can I swear? Oh hell yeah! Okay, because I have some swears I'm sure coming out. Um, I just feel like everyone's on the bandwagon at this point now, shitting on it. Of course, <clears throat> and it, it is it, it is a little bit disappointing because um, I'm not saying people have to like it, but I've seen some really hyperbolic statements, like um, some really extreme statements, like uh, 
you know, this has ruined the franchise and, you know, they've spoiled the second time, you know, that they've tried to do a Michael and Lori line. And I'm just like, oh my God, you guys calm down. I mean, and I'm a, you know me, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Mikey. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think any movie has ruined the franchise. And I say that not liking the Rob Zombie ones. Right. right. I think it's a little uh, extreme. Uh, for me, uh, for me, it's, how can I put it? Uh, you know, I'm a Fred head. So mm-hmm. I really don't care for the remake. I know a lot of people shit on Freddy's Dead. I know a lot of people don't care for Nightmare 5, but I again don't think that their franchise is ruined. But I would get more into that in a minute because, you know, that whole conversation itself is a, is a um, episode, a, a separate episode is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. But before we get deep into Halloween ends, because we're gonna break down the storyline, the theme, thematic um, nuances, I guess <laughs> that was um, not just through Halloween ends, but through the entire trilogy. Um, and I want to call it a right. quadrilogy because you know you got to include the original Halloween in it. So. But before Josh is a new guest on here, y'all, y'all all know that when you bring your ass on here. You're going to go through the turnout. And because I've realized in past episodes, the turnout has been close to 40 minutes long because we tend to get like lost in some of the content that's in the turnout. I'm going to keep it short and sweet with Josh today. And I'm just going to give him five questions. And these five questions are going to be either or questions. Um, and you can tell me why if you want to. If you don't want to tell me why, that's fine. You know, people can find you on Instagram at jblokey or on Twitter at jblokey if they want to talk to you about that. Yeah. But again, y'all, don't come in here with no shit. Uh, we don't play that game. You know, we would hit the block button real quickly. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just want to say real quick, I think it's kind of sad, too. I, I actually, someone who I follow, he posted the other day, he said, I really liked Halloween ends, but I'm turning off the comments because um, I don't want to argue with people. And I'm like, that's so sad. It is. That post that we like something without having someone. And as you know, I experienced that too when I posted about it. Right. And I just haven't posted much about it at all because, you know, certain people can, they, some people like to uh, be they like to engage in arguments just for the sake of arguing. Can I have shit else to do? Be on social media or arguing with people. Yuck people's yum. Yeah. Wait, what'd you say? Yeah. Yuck people's yum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yuck people's yum. Yes. Uh, so, Josh, are you ready for this turnout? I am. Okay. Now, the first question I got for you is, I hope it's an easy one. Um, don't hit me, but okay, either or the entire Italian does it better art artist catalog or boy harsher. Oh my god, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> uh, Good, that's tough. I know, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with. 
I'm only going to have to go with Italians do it better because you have, I don't know, you have some glass candy in there. Yeah. It has to be preserved. So yeah. I'll go with that. Okay. Cause I'm discovering boy harsher. And one of the reasons I did it was because of Halloween ends, the burn it down track that they played throughout the movie. They released it. Yeah. What a month early before the movie dropped. Mm-hmm. And I listened I to it, and I was like, yeah, I, I was all into it. And I'm like, but it's not like I didn't know who they were. I've heard of them. I probably heard of a couple of their songs, like, you know, passing by, but not just sat down, just listened to them. And I swear to God, uh, their Burn It Down track had been playing in my mind before the movie even dropped. And so right. when the needle dropped in the movie, I was just like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think what I love about them, I, I described this as, I described them like this to someone. I said, it's like sexy John Carpenter music. Like, it, it's almost like, um, actually, it, it, the better, better way to put it would be like, it's like if you took elements of Italians do it better, and then you took elements of John Carpenter and you made them sexy together. They had sexiness together. Um, they were also in the Terrifier too. I don't know if you've seen that yet. You mean the new one? Yeah, they um, they play. Um, oh my god, what song do they play? They play one of their songs during a like club scene with the main girl. Oh wow, I haven't oh, seen man. it yet, but I'm gonna be looking forward to that. Uh... Yeah. Oh my god, that makes me shout it out in the theater when I played it. You shout it out too. <laughs> I'm playing Boy Harsher right now. And I know some people was like, oh, they had to play a Boy Harsher track. And I'm like, look, the shit fit. You know, it fit both characters with it with the drop with the needle dropped. It fit both characters, where their mental state was at the time. And listening to the song, you probably thought that it was like, because you know, uh Lori said at the beginning of Halloween Kills, you know, let it burn. And you thought it was probably harking back to something like that, but no, it I, when I finally actually saw what the song was um alluding to, you know, it, it, it hit me, it hit me pretty hard. Um okay, let's move on. Somebody says a criticism. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's like <laughs> bitching <and> bitch. <laughs> now you're bitching about what songs they play in the movie. Well, it's no better than when they was like people. <laughs> well, okay, so I forget the people who sing the song, but I have it on my um um I have it on my playlist for Halloween movies for Halloween songs, and most of their playlists consist of songs that have like horror movie scores or horror movie soundtracks and movie and songs that was played during a horror movie or something like that. And it's the mm. song um that's played during Halloween twenty Halloween twenty um, um Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers and a Fool Shine On. I, I think it's called I forget the, the name of the group. Oh uh, um Brother King. Brother right. King, yeah. And somebody was like, that's one of the reasons why the movie sucks because they put that song in there. And I was like, that's see now I'm just thinking I have absolutely said that statement. And I've, I have also said that about Rob Zombies because he keeps playing that fucking Love Hurt song, and I'm like, enough. Oh. 
Well, I, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm an asshole because I've said it about certain. I don't think actually, I don't think the Brother Kane song ruins Halloween Six. Oh, at this point, um, I thought you were saying. I thought that's what you were saying. Okay, never mind, never mind. Okay. No, yeah, <laughs> I don't think. I do think Love Kills or Love Hurts does kind of. Mm, it does kind of muddy up Rob Zombies, um, which I actually revisited. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mm. love um, Nan. I forget her name. Harmon, whatever her name is. Love Hurts. I just like the song. I like the verse she sung at the very end of the movie when the when the credits is getting ready to roll and stuff like that. And oh, then yeah, yeah. that's the one I like. And I, I mean... I don't know. It sounds sexy to me. I don't know why it does, but it's just like, that's the only thing I like about Halloween too, is when this song comes on and then, you know, it you know, takes me out and I'm like, okay, you know, I don't have... I would see. I would have liked to see No Halloween from Rob Zombie. I want to see a movie about all those um, Halloween goblins. You know, when she, had, I don't know if you remember that, but Lori... Um, has like a nightmare has a couple nightmares oh. in it and I, it's actually i used one of the pictures for my current spotify halloween playlist and there's like these there's like these little goblins it, you know what i think it's in the extended it wasn't in a theatrical that's probably why i don't recall it because i've only seen the uh, theatrical um version of it um i might have to correct it because i do have well you know what i don't know if i have the extended version because i got the cheap screen factory set not the one that has what 12 13 discs i have the one that has 10 discs so i have to look into that i don't think theatrical is on the blu-ray okay so i haven't I think he, but i haven't got that far yet in my set yeah so you want to hear something funny about that um this is petty but I, um, when I got that set, I was like, I am taking Halloween. What is it? Was it 2013? I was like, or whenever that came out, I was like, I am taking this out to make room for when they have more Halloweens. Cause I know they're going to come. Cause I do not want this in my set. Um, and now obviously with this movie, I realize I'm, I was being back then I was being an asshole. Like people are now. No, I do that. No, I do that with um. I I will I will always know what you did last summer. Like I want to use it as a coaster when I got the three disc set of oh, yeah. the um trilogy because I hate that fucking movie and I I I get into that in a minute because child that was just a whole ass mess. But okay, second question, and I hope this is okay. I think you mentioned these shows, um, Buffy or Charmed. Well, definitely Buffy. Okay, good. I do not like Shannon Doherty's face. <sighs> I love Shannon. I, I mean, it's fine, but um, you know, I'm not, I'm not dogging anybody that does like her, but I just feel like always such a, you know, kind of face like. Eh. Well, the reason why we're pissed off. Well, the reason why I like Shannon, this is charmed based, is because I did not care for the behind the scenes drama between her and Alyssa Milano and the way that 
when they sent Shannon off the show and how Melissa, Melissa, Jesus Christ, Alyssa Milano became like for a short period of the focal point of the show with her relationship with um yeah, I don't, Cole. I don't really like right. Mm-mm. I get I, back, I get a bad vibe. Right. So and even though I'm a huge Rose McGowan fan and I was excited as hell to see her join the show as um Paige, I just couldn't her her uh presence alone because I was like Y'all have a heavy hitter here, and y'all need to utilize her. And I don't think they did in the fourth season when they was trying to introduce her enough. Like yeah, they gave her like a few a episodes. Corporatized Rose McGowan, like uh, watered down mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's almost like uh, in Scream Three when they use Parker Posey. I think they use her well. They use her zaniness well, but that character could be so much more. I love. Um, Jennifer Jolie. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to have you argue with somebody on screen three one day. <laughs> but I feel like they could really have given her like her, her full Parker Poseyisms. I think she was peak Parker in screen three. <laughs> I think because she was just Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just I thought that she was just um she made the movie. Like a lot of people shit on screen three because they said it was totally different than the first two but I'm like you're dealing with Hollywood characters they're kind of zany and um, even though Kevin Williamson gave us a treatment for what the movie is going to be about and he didn't have his full hands in it I still think that um, I don't know I still feel as if you know Parker's inclusion in it was just to me the because all of the Hollywood characters in the movie were just extra and yeah. having been in uh I, I initially majored in theater at my um, university at UT Knoxville um that was my initial major and even though Screen 3 came out in 99 before I went to college it was just that when I got to college I was like holy shit some of these people are Jennifer Jolie down. I so over it. Do you just want more of her? Die. You don't want her to die? No, I didn't. I mean, I thought she was funny enough, you know, to bring her, you know, bring her for one more movie. But, yeah. I, you know, I aren't going to do that. That's the problem with the screen movies is that once there's an actor that is kind of in a different realm, you know, like mm-hmm. like Jack Quaid with the most recent one. I'm like, okay, that person's going to die or that person's going to be the killer. Mm. Okay. person's not going to continue on. Okay. And I'm not saying that either of things happen for people who've not seen that. Okay. Well, let's go ahead to the next question. Um, this one, I kind of have an inkling of what your answer is going to be, but it's just something that I thought about because I haven't had a chance to ask anybody this question yet. Um, on the show so because i'm trying to become more i i always talk about how the show is like celebrating queer horror in every aspect and the queer people who mm-hmm. love horror and queer horror fans but i kind of have deviated away from that but i'm trying to bring it back and forth so circuit party or a regular bar or oh, regular bar i, I thought so I've, i can't with that music at a circuit party <laughs> right quick i read a short story 
um it's a queer horror short story it's in a collection called the other side of the closet and mm-hmm. it's about one of the short stories in there was about this guy it's actually called meat i believe um yeah. and this guy go he has a nasty issue with his boyfriend they have a fight and he goes to a circuit party that's in the area and when he gets to the door you know the female um attended was like oh fresh so she everybody else again stamped a certain thing but she took a fresh stamp and stamped him with it and so he goes inside the club and you see all the you know the circuit party regulars there and stuff and then he catches one guy's eye and then the music is like doom 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 but then it gets starts getting heavier and then on the screen it went from like saying different words to like feed 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 and i'm just gonna let your mind go to where that shit ended up there because it was kind of bonanza um, bananas it's getting up bananas but imagine that scenario and then it turns into the blade opening scene Okay, I was guessing that's where it was gonna go. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to spoil cool. if anybody wants to read the uh, short story because it all the short all the stories sh- have a mean. Have, let me see. Um, they talk about various aspects of being gay, um, yeah. and it takes our worst fears about being gay and turning them into reality. Um, they're very great metaphors about initially coming out the closet, then having to deal with um, like fears and anxieties of being gay. Exactly. And so yeah, representation of like fresh meat, the meat market mm-hmm. when you a partner are and they had a very another hit another nasty and this is they're very gory they're very gory ones but there's one that I did like which was about a guy a, a twink a boy twink mm. who finds a bear in the woods and it was kind of like set in a fairy tale type way where the boy was told to never go I think the place was called Gaydom or something like that and he was told to never go into the woods because you might come across the bear and everybody to come across the bear is never seen again and <laughs> it was amazing. I got to talk to you about that one after I get off here. But uh, speaking I, um, of, I was just gonna say, speaking because she she just recently died. Um, I was, I've been saying for like a year now that when they were talking about briefly, do you remember they were gonna bring back Murder She Wrote, mm-hmm. and it was gonna be um, Octavia Spencer, and then they decided mm-hmm. not to do that. I was like, well, you know, since I feel like the the main group that loves Murder, She Wrote at this point is gay men, I was like, bring her back for like five episodes, and she just solves mysteries with gay men. And I was like, have her have one where she has to solve a murder at a circuit party, and then she has to solve a murder on a gay bear cruise, and um, unfortunately that did not happen. But if it's funny you mentioned that because John Waters said in one of his memoirs that he did see Angela Lansbury at like a gay circuit party type thing or a gay freak club yeah, or something. Sure. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, but this but about Murder She wrote, um, they do have a new young adult series, teen series that has Jessica Fletcher's 
I want to say niece, a great niece solving mysteries. And it's based on, and it's like, you know, it's set up just like, you know, um, Murder, She Wrote, except that the young girl is out here solving mysteries. And I don't think it's on a Nancy Drew type thing where she has like, what's the, what was the names? Nan and Bess or George and Bess and Ned. They didn't know. It's just her. Yeah. That's something coming so. out. Yeah, I think it's already out. Um, it's it's I know I've seen the advertise all over Instagram. Um, but I can find it and give it to you because I was like, oh, that's cute, you know, keeping you know, retelling it with a new generation, and it may be gay friendly, you know what I'm saying? So and I won't say gay friendly, yeah. like I'm just saying, like it's modern. <laughs> Let's just say it's just modern. Speaking of horror and mysteries. Like um number question number four, vampire or werewolf? Which one would you rather be? Well, I already tell people I'm a werewolf. So I I always tell people I'm a sexual werewolf because I love it. My sex drive peaks like after ten o'clock at night. Oh god! So I'm gonna go with werewolf. That's hot. I like that. I like that. Like a vampire. Vampire in the sheets. Wait, wait. What is it? Vampire on the streets, werewolf in the sheets. Oh, I fucking love that. We're going to discuss that after we get off here. Okay, so final question. <laughs> final question. Okay, so Halloween season begins in August or September? Well, I mean, technically it never ends, but yeah, September, definitely. Oh, see, um, I, I'm an August guy. I start celebrating August. <laughs> like when it just starts to get a little cold. Just slightly cold. It's just, but I see <laughs> kids run back to school, and you see all the back to school stuff coming in. You know oh, they you must. Know. Yeah, it's like this back to school shit's not gonna last on these shelves long because they're gonna get all this stuff. They always over order back to school stuff at these stores, and then right. you see it always end up in clearance, like probably like the first week of school, and then they. If it's in clearance, that means they're clearing out the shit for the Halloween season. I'm like, thank God. Right. But that's just me personally, though. I know a lot of people like September. And I think that's the general consensus is that September is like pre-Halloween season. Uh, but like you said earlier, Halloween never ends. So. Okay. It's starting recording. I'm trying to figure out. Okay, there it is. Okay. We're now being recorded. It says, let everyone know that they're being recorded. So we're being recorded right now. So, okay. Okay, let's go again. And we are back after that impromptu break. <laughs> uh, Josh did survive the turnout. Thank you, Josh, for being a trooper on it. That was a clap. Yes. Yes, I'm glad you enjoyed. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk Halloween and Josh. Um, did you go to the theater and see it, or did you watch it on Peacock? No, of course. I went to the theater, of course. Um, and then I watched it on Peacock yesterday. Okay. So I've seen it twice already. I've only seen it on Peacock because... Let's just say life won't let it be great, and I couldn't go to the theater and see it. But mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. What I saw, I saw it Saturday morning on because 
Thursday night when it dropped because it dropped super early on Peacock. I was at work and I was telling myself that I would love, I cannot wait to clock out before I go in here and watch this movie because um, I wanted to divide my entire attention to it and not be, you know, not miss anything, any minute details and whatnot. Right. I literally fell asleep at the desk, like zoned out sleep. And so when I clocked out actually at 1130 that night, I went back and got in the bed and slept until the next day. It was time to go back to work. So by that time, as we talked about earlier, um, social media exploded <laughs> mm-hmm. with Halloween ends, details, and memes started coming out because nobody has any goddamn um, what's the word I'm looking for? Patience to or you could say character. People see <laughs> well, character, patience, whichever one. It's like I haven't even seen the movie yet, and there's already a shit ton of memes out. I'm like, dog, like. The Friday night, because um, the movie is officially supposed to drop on October 14th, and the Friday night crowd I haven't even seen it yet. And y'all already dropping memes at noon, that afternoon. You know, I was just like... Yeah, I saw that it had um, appeared on Peacock before we actually even got to the... Because my friend and I, we went on Thursday, and it had um, mm-hmm. already dropped before our 8 o'clock show. Yeah. Yeah. I think it dropped at seven our time, maybe. Um, Probably. Because I know somebody Eastern said that it was going to drop at eight o'clock. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I wasn't expecting to be that damn early, but okay. And that's why I told myself I'm not going to sit here and um try to watch it while I'm working. So I'm going to wait until after I clock out and give it my full undivided attention. And that didn't happen until Saturday morning. So let's just get into. Well, what uh, was your initial reaction while you were watching it? I was okay with it. I mean, for one thing, for me personally, I'm getting a brand new Halloween movie for free. So that was those good, you know, exactly. like, oh, okay, good. You know, so I was like, but as I was watching it, I wasn't, there were some moments where I was pissed off, but it's because I was so deeply involved in the story. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like the whole scenario with, um, before we break down the actual plot of the movie, like, uh, for instance, when um, what's his name? When Corey got access to, um, I want to say he got some overalls or something different. Never mind. But it was just Allison's reaction to like completely being blind and blindly in love with this guy. And most of that had to do with the fact that he was asking her questions about mom's death and coming across Michael and I would think that if you want to get away from all that like those particular questions would be like red flags like what are you like why are you so interested in my mom's death and Michael Myers and my brush with him and this, this and that because you know for me if I went through some shit losing both my parents the same night and my boyfriend my friends all in the same night, I think the last thing I want to be talking about new that I'm interested in is that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need somebody to help me return to some type of normalcy 
and we right. get further down the road, then maybe I will open up about that. But it was just like, okay, but I know we have a what an hour and fifty minute movie time, <laughs> so we have to like get to point. But it just seemed like to me it would have been a red flag. Outside of that, you know, of course the bullying aspect of it was kind of um because you know me and you probably been bullied before and well can i just say that's part of what absolutely um i just and i also i just find it so ironic that the movie you know here's a character in the movie that keeps kind of getting bullied and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think we talked about this the other day like um and people's reaction to this movie is literally it's like the same kind of behavior you know like um i saw this filmmaker this indie filmmaker who I'm not going to name him because then people will go watch his movies and I don't think they should bother. Um, (laughs) But he, he has a podcast with a very popular horror filmmaker and they even interviewed Jamie Lee Curtis recently. And I look at his profile and he's just like every other post, excuse me. uh, I want to say with six or seven posts, he's making fun of the movie. And I was like, you know, as a filmmaker who, in my opinion, hasn't really made a good movie, I would be reluctant to make fun of another filmmaker. Because one, I think that's kind of poor taste. But also, too, you know, um, I haven't really made a good movie myself. You know what I mean? And um, what's funny is I just think, like, that's... And that's when I realized, like, I think people are kind of getting off on the toxicity of like bashing it now. And yeah, I don't think I get that fans are kind of some fans feel betrayed, but you know, I said this to you the other day too. Um, it's like, you're just never, you know, the only thing that's consistent is the bitching, right? Cause like they got 2018 and I heard so many people be like, this is not the original. This is not how it should go. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, so you didn't like that one. And I heard some people, you know, also be like, oh, well, he know, he doesn't kill enough people, which even though in the original Halloween, Michael don't kill many people. He kills like, what, is it four? Four or five people? Technically four. Technically yeah. four. Because the fifth person was added, you know, in Halloween Kills. But, you know. No, I mean in the original Halloween. Yeah, I'm saying that it was, you know, you had. Oh, guy, yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, correct. So, and then, you know, people are like, um, oh, it's not enough killing. So then they get Halloween kills. Then they're all bitching about that. And they're like, oh, this is, there's not enough substance to this. That's what I heard from a few people. Like, this is just a slasher now. This Now they've just turned Michael into a slasher. All right. Then they get psychological and they're like, well, this is stupid. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you guys. Or I cannot imagine being a filmmaker and trying to tackle like something like that, you know. And I don't think David Gordon Green um, did everything perfectly. I do think Halloween Kills is kind of messy. I like it, but it's messy. Um, but what I notice about Allison, sorry, I'm seg- I'm ranting. What I notice about Allison is every movie Allison is responding to her behavior is the result of like whatever trauma happened before that. So like in the first movie, she's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, she's much more sympathetic towards Lori 
and that she has trauma and stuff like that. And then um, when she goes through everything, then she's like her traumatic response to um, like her dad dying is to then all of a sudden go out and try and find Michael. And then when, let's be honest, that inevitably gets her mom killed. Um, I feel like her toxic relationship with Corey is very much how a person who has severe PTSD can sometimes respond. You know what I mean? They can get into really messy relationships that are really unhealthy because, you know, they're just so beaten down and they don't. And they show that, too, like at work. She doesn't really have a lot of value or sense of worth because her the doctor she works for is also kind of a dickhead to her. And, you know, the woman she works with kind of doesn't even treat her like a person, but more just like. She's kind of constantly berating her or just talking over her. I mean, Allison even says in that one part, she goes, Jesus Christ, you talk like I'm not even here. Do you ever shut the fuck up? Um, so the more I think about Allison, the more I kind of like that she's kind of um, a really realistic representation to me of what, like how people can get kind of fucked up from PTSD. And that's the one thing I will give Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Even though I don't love that movie, I think how Scout Taylor Compton behaves in that movie, that makes sense to me if you go through something really awful. And I feel like that's what these movies were trying, these new movies were trying to explain, you know, trying to depict. And people were just like, yeah, I don't like it. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's just a lot to through with this um, trilogy. I think that there's so many different takes on it that because a lot of people, I think the I'm gonna hold off on the criticism for right for right now. Let me go ahead and break down the plot. This plot detail is coming via um, Wikipedia um, because I want to break down certain scenes and stuff like that and get back to <clears> why <throat> certain aspects of it, like you just said, some of the criticism is kind of like, um, and I want people to know that we're not saying that you can't criticize the movie. We're not saying that you have your way about it. That's fine. You know, it's just of like, course, yeah. But it's just you know some of the, um, some of the, I guess. I'm doing air quotes criticism because it's not really criticism. It's really just, you know, just like bile and, you know, just, you know, hate. It's kind of unwarranted given the fact that we all have a different, uh, different idea of what a Halloween movie consists of. And if you, absolutely, because you have people who do not, who think the original movie is slow. I had a guy tell me the other day, Lord, I love him to death, but uh, he has recently just saw 1978's Halloween, like I think last year or year before that, because his upbringing, they they couldn't watch those movies. And he hated it. He thought it sucked. Yeah, I had that with a friend. Yeah. A friend who hadn't seen it until like 20, sorry, a friend who hadn't seen it until like 2015. I showed it to him. He's a younger guy. Um, and he was like, I've seen this before. And I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> this is what kind of, you know, this and Black Christmas are kind of what started off that slasher kind of thing. 
And, you know, he was viewing it as like a, he expected it to be something that he had never seen. And I'm like, well, no, this is why, this is why you have Jason. This is why you have, you know, a lot of those slasher movies. And he just couldn't, he couldn't like disassociate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He couldn't differentiate. Uh, I, I had a friend in college who in 2020 was, when Jesus Christ, was it 2007 when the Rob Zombie's Halloween came out? Yeah, um, around there, yeah. Okay, he he preferred that one to the original. And um, then you have people who tend to run to Halloween, the return of Michael Myers, or, you know, Halloween 2. I actually love Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2. I love but Halloween 2 as well. Yeah, and I just think that a lot of people have their different entry points, and certain Halloween movies are like very, I guess the word I'm using is beholden to them. Like they just can't, you know, it's like a nostalgic thing. And I talked about that with Bobby mm-hmm. and uh, on his um, YouTube uh, video um, that certain people ha- have a, he, he mentioned this point that certain people love a spe- specific Halloween movie. So I might. They first Halloween movie might be Halloween Resurrection. They go back and watch the original, and they're like, right. oh, I don't like the original. I like the Halloween Resurrection one. But let's just break down on this. Let's just go through the Wikipedia thing right quick, because I really want to get into that conversation. Um, so according to Wikipedia's synopsis, on Halloween night in 2019, Corey Cunningham is babysitting a young boy named Jeremy, who pulls a prank on Corey by locking him inside the attic. Just as Jeremy's parents come home, Corey kicks the door open and accidentally knocks Jeremy over a staircase, falling rarely to his death. Corey is accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared of manslaughter. Three years later, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, is still reeling from the aftermath of Michael Myers' latest killing spree in 2018, while Michael has vanished. Lori Strode is writing a memoir, having bought a new house and living with Alice and her granddaughter, who has now become estranged from Lori. Meanwhile, Corey is now working at his stepfather's salvage yard. On his way home one day, he is taunted by high school bullies and is injured in the process. An observing Lori brings him to the doctor's office where Allison works. Allison and Corey develop a relationship and later attend a Halloween party where Corey is confronted by Jeremy's mother. Corey then leaves the party and runs into the high schoolers who throw Corey off of a bridge. Dragged into the sewers by the unknown figure, he wakes up and is confronted by Michael, who has been living there for the past four years. After holding him by the throat, Michael lets Corey go after sensing the same darkness in Corey that Michael saw in himself. On the way out, Corey is confronted by a homeless man with a knife. In a struggle, Corey stabs the man to death and flees. Corey and Alice go on a date together, but Alice's ex-police officer Doug Milani shows up and harasses them both. This leads Corey to later lure the cop into the sewer to kill him. After seeing Michael Myers' murder of frightened Doug, Corey is inspired to become a new boogeyman figure to take vengeance upon anyone who wronged him and Allison. Allison finds out she was passed over for a promotion and favor of a fellow nurse who was having an affair with the doctor. Corey then kills the doctor in his home while the nurse is murdered by Michael Myers, who followed Corey. Allison and Corey plan to leave Haddonfield because of the past trauma, while Lori becomes increasingly suspicious of Corey after he begins mimicking Michael's behavior. She forbids, um, she forbids him to leave with Allison, but Corey retorts by blaming her for the events that have occurred in Haddonfield and says if he cannot have Allison, no one will. 
On October 31st, Corey returns to the sewers and successfully fights Michael for his mask. Meanwhile, Lori and Allison argue as she plans to leave, and Allison, too, blames Lori for Michael's actions. That night, Corey embarks on a rampage, murdering the high schoolers at the Savage Yard. In the confusion, Corey's stepfather is also accidentally killed. He then goes on to kill his mother, as well as the DJ and receptions at the radio station. Back at the Strode house, Lori four attempts suicide to lure Corey to her, whom she shoots down the stairs. Corey then stabs himself in the neck to frame Lori for his death in front of the arriving Allison. Michael suddenly arrives to retrieve his mask and kills Corey, and after a struggle, Lori is able to pin Michael to the table. She removes his mask and slits his throat, but he breaks one arm free and strangles her before Allison arrives and breaks his arm. Lori slices his wrist, finally killing him and avenging Karen's death. With Michael finally dead, Lori takes his body to the Savage Yard, attracting the residents of Haddonfield, who follow her in a procession and disposes of him in, uh, in, uh, excuse me, in an industrial shredder. In the ensuing days, Allison and Lori reconcile, and Allison leaves Haddonfield while Lori finishes her memoir and rediscovers her romance with Deputy Hawkins. Um, Halloween Kill stars, of course, Jason Lee, Jason Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis as Lori Strode, Eddie Machiak, I cannot pronounce her last name, as Allison Nelson, James Jude Courtney as Michael Myers, The Shape, and Nick House providing the breathing from the original movie and whatnot, and also made a cameo appearance at a party scene that says, do you like what you see? Will mm. Patton is Deputy Frank Hawkins, a sheriff's deputy who arrested Michael following his initial killing spree in 1978. Rohan Campbell as Corey Cunningham. Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace, who I felt was underused in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. And it's directed by David Gordon Green, co-written by David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. And who else? Oh, uh, Paul, Brad Logan, Chris Bernier, Bernie, Bernier. So, okay. So we've already said what we thought about the movie when we first saw it. We didn't get too deep into that, but... Um, what did you think about it when you initially saw it and when you saw it for a second time on Peacock? So I have to kind of set this up. So um, I do, I feel like the one thing I will agree with criticisms is that, I mean, that the, the, the advertising was a little misleading, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's such a mixed bag because then there's also a part of it that I don't think is misleading. I think, um, okay, I'll get to that. So basically um, with the first movie, I thought the the trailer represented the movie pretty well with Halloween kills. I feel like uh, it kind of represented the movie we got. And then this one, you know, a lot of people are like, this is not the movie that looks like it is. So by this time seeing the third one, I was like, I'm not going, I didn't even watch the trailer more than the first time when I posted it on Instagram. Mm. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I'm kind of going through this phase lately where I'm like the trailers, you know, I just don't, I don't trust most of them anymore. Right. Um, right. And so I guess I didn't have that kind of um, expectation for one and two, like, I'm sorry, I'm tired of watching the two of them fight. I thought it was a good <laughs> enough. It was a good enough fight in 2018, you know, where I'm like, I don't need to like, I really don't need to see these two fight again. So I think that's also why I did not feel cheated by the ending of this new movie. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I, I, it, I, it was like kind of polarizing at first. You know, I love that opening. I think that's one of the best openings. It's got to be like top three opening of a Halloween movie. Because that, yeah. I was so on edge with all those little noises right. around the house. And um, and I'm sorry, that kid. No, play don't apologize st- for that because he deserves it. I'm not, not going to say a child deserves Right. This is what happens when you play stupid games. You get stupid, you know, you get, yeah. Stupid prizes, yeah. And um, and I just saw, I, you know, I was immediately, I think that opening is brilliant because you immediately, um, you can see how people would think Corey is a monster, but then you also Im- immediately are sympathizing with him because that was not really his fault. That kid was a little douchebag. Um, right. So around up and to the part where I did not have a problem with Corey, I found him to be interesting. And I thought, you know, you know, they're, they're trying to set it up to show you that like his kind of um, his, the way that Haddonfield has ostracized him, it, it, it matches Laurie's too. And whereas Laurie is trying to turn it into something positive, he's kind of like succumbing to it. And Allison is kind of in the middle, right? Like Allison seems like she wants to kind of be positive, but again, um, she's a pretty flawed character, and I initially did not like her in the first movie because she kept she kept walking around that house saying "grandmother, grandmother." I was like, "Who says that?" <laughs> um, but you know, I the, when I watched it again last night, I was like, "She's kind of an interesting character because she is very flawed." And I feel that makes her very human. Um, and I think that's something that we forget about these movies. Like, Michael is also supposed to be human. You know, right. he, he was supposed to be someone who's kind of infected with this the idea of evil. And um, the shape itself is, like, evil. And, um, but at the core, he's he is a man still who was not supposed to be, quote, supernatural. And I get that Halloween Kills kind of mucks that up, right? Because he kills an entire town on the street. But um, I still think the core ideas are there. And so by the time we get to Michael, when he first stabs um, the Mulaney cop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that he kind of like, it. you, you notice like it regenerated him almost. Where mm-hmm. he kind of like, He's a weak old man, and then as he the more as he kills, he starts to kind of feel regenerated. And Laurie even says that in Halloween Kills, she says, you know, the more he kills, the more he transcends. And I don't think that means transcends into supernatural, but I just think you know it's the more he succumbs to that evil that's taken him over. Um, like a and so, yeah. And so by that point, when that part happened, and he kind of like started shaking and stuff. I turned to my friend and I said, I kind of love this movie. And I don't know, you know, like I really loved it. I do not I mean we we I guess we could maybe save this for later in the discussion, but when when Corey wears the mask, I don't see it as another person. You know, I see the mask as being kind of like it's the face and I mean when he wears it, to me, it's still Michael. It still has the essence of Michael. And um, 
So I was not offended. I mean, come on, that radio station kill with the DJ, that has got to be in the top 10 kills in a Halloween movie. The way that tongue keeps right. hitting... The way that tongue keeps hitting the arm on the record player and it's skipping, like, I just thought that was brilliant. And I think, go ahead. I was was just saying it was a Michaelis Keel. Yeah. A Michaelis Keel, yeah. And I think people are like, oh, I don't like the parts of Corey. And I'm like, but you got that really, you get this really good kill. Um, And uh, the whole sequence where all those those band assholes get Mm. their comeuppance, like, I mean, that's amazing, too. Mm-hmm. And th- listen, this is coming from someone who does not like Christine. And I understand that David Golden Green was inspired by Christine. Um, but it mm-hmm. did not bother me. And I don't want to take up. I don't want to talk the whole time because I can rant. So. Oh, well, I like the movie as I was like you said, you, it's a certain part of the movie where you turn or you just you had somebody to turn to and be like, I like this. Um, for me, it was just the fact that it's not going through a formula, if that makes any yeah. sense. You know, some of the Halloween movies can be formulaic. Um, if you look at Halloween 4 and 5, um, they are like mirrors of each other. And then you have Halloween H2O. I skipped over 6. Actually, let me take that back. Halloween 4, 5, and 6. They kind of follow a certain formula. Plus, you have like you know, add one um, Dr. Loomis, add you know Jamie Lloyd, and then you have all the people that surround them, and then they're pretty much. Um, and this is not to say that the kind of lesson those movies is just that they have a certain formula. You get the friends; their friends are going to be well, knocked off one by one, and then you know. Rob Zombie and said once, Rob Zombie said once, sorry, not to cut you off. Rob Zombie said once about um, four, five, and six. He said, you know, the problem is that um, by that time, Michael becomes faceless, you know, not literally, but metaphorically, he becomes faceless. But then the victims become faceless too. Especially, I think that starts happening at five, where like Tamara Glenn and, um, Oh God! I don't even know the actors that play the guys in Part Five. I can't. <clears throat> I don't know who their names are either. Uh, don't yeah. care about that. Uh, I, I mean, don't. <laughs> I hopefully they're not listening to the podcast. It's just that you know they're not memorable because sometimes, especially with Spud and Mike, um, Spitz. What's it, the other guy's name? Spitz, Spitz and Mike. They they serve their purpose, but they're not like. They're meat. I'm not gonna say they're not as yeah, they're just meat. They're um and plus they don't have mem- memorable kills as somebody like Bob does in the original movie or um what's his name? Um in Brady in part four. Um, you know, they don't have memorable right. kills and we know Brady was Sasha Jensen. Um but we're the same age, right? We're similar in age, we? we're close in age. I'm well. I'm oh. forty-two. Oh well, I'm. You talking about me or Sasha? Yeah, you. Oh, I'm thirty-nine. I'll be forty in May of okay. next year. Um, so we're close. I mean, I remember when Halloween Four came out. 
um, it was like, oh, it's this big, re- it's the big return, you know, to, right. you know, Halloween four is basically a response to the fact that the audience didn't want something different. And so right. what's inevitably going to happen now is when they make another Halloween, they're either one, they're going to do something completely different again, or now they're just going to go back to him walking around and killing people again. And then people are going to bitch about that movie. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, but it's like the point um, about, I guess one of the reasons why I like the movie is because it did something different. You know, it it didn't follow the yeah. same form, but it just went and it's kind of turned the narrative on its head. Now, one of the criticisms that I have heard that I somewhat agree with, uh, I would say I probably agree with the 45% to uh, 50% agree with, um, is the fact that this turn of events should have probably, like Bobby said in his um, episode, it probably should have been Halloween Kills. And then all of the Halloween Kills uproar could have been led into, you know, the Halloween ends. Like, they could just flip it. Um, but I feel yeah. like... <clears throat> I could see that. For it to for it to go out in a spectacle the way it did. I know some people say it went out in a whimper, but um, it all has to boil down to hype and expectations and all that. Because me too, I did not watch... I only watched the teaser trailer once and then I watched the full trailer when it hit. And, you know, I didn't go by and look up fan theories about the tower and who's this guy, Corey. I wasn't reading into all of that because it takes away from the viewing experience when you get into the movie because you're expecting X, Y, and Z to happen because you read somewhere that this is supposed to happen. I hate this shit. I hate when people um, tend to spoil stuff and, oh yeah, I know people who read the whole know, movie before they they read the whole synopsis or script before they right. see it, and I'm like. But even if this, even if it's not just to reading the script, they they're getting information about stuff that's on set. Because I'm not gonna lie, I used to be that person that was like, "Oh, Entertainment Tonight's coming on. They're having a special about school. Oh right, of course. Talk about behind the set. You know, you would watch this stuff because back then we didn't have. Well, you know, it was it we was didn't have. It was yeah, it was measured back then. So that was the yeah, only was info you may have right. been getting about Scream Two was like what they said on Entertainment Tonight. Um, whereas now, and even then, you, it was well, you know, contained. Yeah, and now you know you have um, everybody. You know, there are fans who just have YouTube channels where they just break down every single thing mm-hmm. that they have. In like say the trailer and that's why mm. i also i kind of call bullshit on people who are like disappointed that it's Corey because a lot of fans already figured out just from that fucking shot where michael opens the door and he still has his um pinky and his right. uh his uh i forgot the name of that finger is your ring finger yeah um I think so and fans had already figured out that that's not him. So to me, mm-hmm. again, I knew, I mean, if you read like the general synopsis, the really basic general synopsis, um, it kind of hints too that there's going to be like a dual storyline happening. Mm-hmm. So again, I just think, um, I don't know, I honestly think 
there were a lot of people that just did not want to accept these movies to begin with. And again, like you said, I'm not saying anybody is wrong for not liking them, but you know, I get it. Some people like H2O. I don't, when H2O came out, I was happy that we had a Halloween movie, Mm. but I do not think H2O has aged well at all. Um, and it has something to do with the mask. <laughs> well, I mean, there, you know, that's the thing too. I guess if you want to get into that, like, I don't mind that you don't like it, but I am going to call you out if we have a discussion. I'm not going to say on your page. I'm not going to be a dickhead, but I do think it's kind of ridiculous what people are saying. Like, some people are like, you know, Michael's not in it long enough. I don't know if you've seen this, but somebody um, docked the time that he's in the original. And the new movie, and he's actually in the new movie more than he is in the original. But people are like, okay, well, no, hold on. But the expectation is that he's going to be in the movie. And it's like, that's on you. And that's, yes, it's also on the advertising. But again, I think this is another thing about, you know, I I took it down because it became this hotbed. But I talked about expectations, you know, like... I wanted a better movie than Halloween Kills. And that's all I wanted. With 2018, I set my expectation. I said, I want to I just want to see him be scary again. And then so you do, you know, you get scenes like where he's in the um closet. Uh yeah, the closet. Or I mean that that scene is amazing where he's in Mr. Elrod's back backyard and you know the right. lights going on and off. Um so you know, and this is coming from someone who's a super, like, super Mikey fan. You know, like, mm-hmm. he is my boyfriend. Like, we are in love. Fuck Corey. It's me and Michael. But, um, <laughs> I mean, Corey can come too. I don't care. Whatever. Fine. Um, but, you know, like, so I just didn't, I personally didn't have that expectation. So, but I, I do take issue with people who are like, well, this is some guy said this is a complete insult to the franchise. You know, it's strayed too far. And I'm like, so this is strayed too far, but not when Michael Myers fucked his niece and was controlled by a druid cult or, you know what I mean? Like not when Busta Rhymes was Kung Fu kicking him and Michael's I mean, Michael in um, Resurrection is almost like a secondary character himself. You know, um, not, you know, not a little girl taking the essence, which, again, everybody likes that ending. But then they see it in kind of fruition with this movie of someone being infected by Michael. And then it's like, oh, I don't like it. Because I don't know. I I think um, Daniel Harris has said before that it was up in the air whether she was going to be a killer in part five. Mm -hmm. I mean, Um, I. I was reading in both Taking Shape and Taking Shape 2. Um, the director of Part 5 thought that the initial concept of them... First of all, let's talk about that in between right there because Mustafa Kod wanted... Um, I forget who the director of the original, of, of Part 4 was. But he wanted him and Alan McElroy to come back and write and direct part five. They said, right. no, we're just going to do a one and done. But it was like, 
if you're going to do a one and done. Now, keep in mind, this is the 80s, and most people like getting a check. They want to sit there trying to make some elaborate storyline, you know, that right. connected everything. It was just like, it's the next year we need to have this. Um, we're working on part whatever now. Let's go ahead and do pre for next year's uh, version, you know. So, but for you to leave us leave us with an ending like that, you know, after right. Michael has been absent off of the screens for ten years, it first of all it's a great time to do a ten year anniversary movie. I feel like it's a great uh, Halloween anniversary movie. Um, but the director of part five, Dominique, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Thomas, but... Dominique Ossena Gerard. It's kind of like yeah, how they say Yeah, thank you. Um, he didn't want to do a killer kid. You know, he sat there and told them that, yeah, I didn't, it just, he said it didn't, he didn't feel like the audience wanted to see her killing people. So mm. he came up with his own idea of like, okay, well, they're psychically connected, which is to me, if you ask me, it's far removed from what the original movie was about. Cause you know, it just absolutely. And I feel that a lot of people after which in a franchise that has so many um wayward points, you know, it's a choose your own adventure franchise. You know, you start with the first one, then you go from whatever timeline you want to go with. And I feel like uh, yeah. to say that the movie deviates or disgraces what came before it is a bit much uh, because... Yeah, that's that's ridiculous to me, considering, like, this is movie number 13, um, which ironically, if you remember, um, Mustafa Khad used to say that they were going to stop at 13. Um you know, this is movie 13. Like, let's be realistic here. Like, is this really, are you just reacting right now? You know, that's, that's what I'm what thinking with some of these people. Are you just reacting right now? Because I'm sure I was not, um, you know, I don't, I don't remember when Halloween, I was probably like four or five when Halloween three came out. So I don't know. I, but I do know that like growing up, everyone was like, that one sucks. Don't watch that one. Right. It's stupid. I mean, I still have brothers who are older than me who still are like that one's stupid. But there are so many people now who embrace it. And I'm just saying, like, can we just maybe think about this, you know, sensibly? Like, maybe this is just this era's Halloween three. And well, people will embrace it later. That's what somebody did a mean. They took the the um the scene from Back to the Future. After Marty McFly um, does his whole rock and roll thing, and he says, "You know, mm -hmm. you guys might not like this now, but your kids are sure gonna love it." They right. actually said it about Halloween ends, and I was like, "Yeah, it might be this, but it's like the the uh, this that meme was shown to me by my good um, boy Craig, who is co-host of the Holler." Boys podcast. I think I'm he's gonna, he's gonna kill me. Hey Craig, can Holly I borrow your VCR? He, uh, he's gonna that's kill from, me. That's from Friday, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but wait a minute, what is this? But Craig co-hosts um half-ass horrorcast and Holler Kings. I knew I was gonna say Holler Boys. It's Holler Kings, y'all. I'm sorry, and I didn't have to look that up. It just popped in my head. Um, mm -hmm. so thank you, Craig, for that. Um, me, I told him when I saw the me, I said, This is the one, Craig. This is the one. 
because I feel like everybody is just reacting now, but you got to, um, and I mean, there's certain people who have genuine reactions and they're just feeling, some people just feel kind of, like you said earlier, betrayed, but then there's some people who are like feeding off of that and then they are. Absolutely. You know, and they are ironically acting like the people in the movie. The movie, right. Speaking like of that. Like, I was just going to say, you know, now it seems like, okay, now we need a movie to bitch about and say, what a failure. What a, you know, just like in Halloween Ends, they need, they need a boogeyman, whether they want to admit it or not. So, you know, they have that with Halloween Ends. I mean, I see people like saying i hated it and then people in the comments are like oh yeah it's it's so bad you know and it's like okay i don't know i don't like again i don't have a problem if you don't like it but i'm not going to accept those answers those responses like oh well you know this strays too far for me or for the franchise and or the guy that you know you and i both discuss um who unfriended me because i disagreed with them because he said, I mean, he was really mean-spirited. He said, Jamie Lee Curtis should be embarrassed to be a part of this. And I'm like, so now you're questioning the actual people who created this original movie that you love so much. Now you're saying that they don't even know what they're doing. And I'm like, that's some audacity. I mean, that is yeah. some toxic fandom privilege if I've ever heard. Yeah, I had an issue with that too because I know a lot of people. And this, well, before we, I, I want to get into some of the, the themes of the movie and certain theories and whatnot about Corey and whatnot and the passing of evil and stuff like that. But before we get into that, right quick, I want to say that that was my issue mostly with some of the criticism was that people were saying like this is not what Deborah Hill and John Carpenter intended and you know this is I mean John Carpenter he was one of the of producers the he's one of the yeah. producers and if you read taking shape one and two you will see that John Carpenter um uh, pretty much bowed out I believe before they get ready to do part four because there was a specific idea that he wanted to do that um they wanted it to be about evil well, yeah I'm and just, about no, but the, it, I'm, the holiday but it was the idea when you look at it it kind of sounds ludicrous but uh, i think this is the idea and i gotta go back and read the book again i have it right here but i i don't know if i can pull it up and be you know um I just know that he had an idea that didn't sit well with everybody. And I think that a lot of people didn't like the fact that he was going to, I think the movie was going to be about um, Tommy um, Doyle. It was Tommy, yeah, Tommy Doyle and Lindsay. Um, what's Lindsay's last name? Lindsay Wallace. Yeah, Lindsay Wallace. It was going to be about Tommy and Lindsay as teenagers. Ten years later, and it was going to have them be um, like there was going to be a scene at a, at a um, drive through where Michael was going to get shot by a bunch of bullets and he was going to grow 12 feet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember bullets. that one. And, you know, looking at that, it kind of deviates from what the original movie was. Plus, people got to always, got always, people have to also remember that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill did not like the sister storyline, the sister or the sibling storyline. 
And this is John Carpenter's way of being like, this is, I want to just revert the franchise yeah. back to it's evil, you know, the personification of evil. And right. It's similar like, to the Evil Dead remake. Like Sam Raimi has said, that Evil Dead, people found it funny, you know, the first one I'm talking about, not obviously two, is when they embrace the humor. But Sam Raimi has said before that um, people found the first one humorous, but that was not their intention. So that was why they made the one with um, Lou Taylor Pucci and, uh, oh my yeah. God, I forgot her name and I love her. I know you talk about though. Yeah. And I, that's what I always saw these as, is like, okay, this is what John, you know, this is what John Carpenter wanted was for him to be just a man who went and killed people. And that was, you know, no fam family, fam family, family ties. Right. And um, he's even said in an interview that, you know, he, he only came up with that because he was drunk. Right, right. He was drunk and he just wanted to get this shit, you know, done because yeah. initially Halloween was not supposed to have a sequel, period. You know, this is one of the few John Carpenter movies that actually has a sequel. Um, and I think it's the only John Carpenter movie that has sequels connected to him. I could be wrong, though. No, the Vampire I mean, has a sequel, so yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, and aside from Escape from New York. New York, which... and yeah. I don't think anybody wants to talk about Escape from L.A. Uh, I, I haven't, to be honest with you, that's one, some of the few John Carpenter movies I haven't seen. I've seen Escape from L.A. I just haven't seen the original, which is, I know, a blast from this. I probably shouldn't have admitted it here, but yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, so it's it's when people say that this is a disgrace to what, the, what John Carpenter and Deborah Hill initially attended, and we have... Uh, 11 movies preceding that was 11 or 12 it's 11 movies because you got you take out take out one and take out ends but you have but those 11 movies that preceded that and john carpenter and deborah hill both being vocal about them not even liking the sibling thing they just did it to just yeah. cash in because the studio wanted them to have a reason for michael to come after Lori again and with this particular um trilogy uh, this particular timeline and it was something that I kept screaming as back to um, Halloween 2018. Um, was yeah. if you take away the sibling narrative, what reason does Michael Myers has to come back and come exclusively for Laurie Strode? And I know some people are like, well, maybe she's the one that got away. He's affixated with that. No. Michael, no, it's not about her. It's not, it's about, not her. about her. But at that point in time, a lot of people thought that it was. But then when you see that Michael came, and when you actually see ha Halloween 2018 and you realize that Michael is nowhere near Lori, it just so happens that Sartain yeah. put him in the path of Lori. And when Lori, after he battled Lori and he caught her in the, um, I mean, she, he got caught in the her house and burned, yeah. the house burned around him. Instead of him like trying to find out where she went, he went the opposite way and went into a path going back to his home. Right. And then when you get to Halloween ends and you have Corey 
doing the exact same thing because when we last saw Michael Myers, he was in his house, but he was not just in his house. He was at the spot where he had made his first kill, which was um, Judith. And so he went back to that spot. Now, wh where he went, why he didn't stay in this spot uh, after he killed Karen, why did he go into hiding or whatnot? That's something left to the uh, imagination to those who've seen the movie. But to get in Halloween ends where Corey goes back, it, Corey could have easily went back and went to the area where he killed the homeless man because that was technically mm. his first kill, you know, post, you know, what happened in the sewer drain. But his first, first kill was unintentional. Which even though it was unintentional, it was still his first kill. He went back and laid in the spot where Jimmy's body was. Right. Which, I mean, you know, he, he kind of like, like, I guess you want to say, it's kind of like a board going back to their rejuvenation um, unit, you know, in, in Star right. Trek. So, I mean, go ahead. It was, it was an interesting experience yesterday because I was watching it with my dad and my brother. And my dad is a, a much more open-minded person than my brother. And, you know, my brother had already seen it. And he was like, he's like, this movie is so stupid. Um, and my dad said to him, it, it was interesting because I saw this dynamic play out right in front of me. My dad said to him, well, I don't know. I kind of like that they're exploring the psychology of like, you know, this could also, you know, be another story. Like, did somebody... Did Michael as a child, was he born evil or did he come across a person that kind of made him evil? You know, you know, like. Um, um, and my brother's like, I don't care. And uh, my dad's like, well, I kind of like that they're they're like going into the psychological aspect of it. And my brother says, I just want to see him kill people. And, and that right there. The right. But I mean. Y'all got it with Halloween Kills. <laughs> like, and then, you know, and I heard so many people that I knew were slasher fans and gore hounds and everything. They're like, oh, I didn't like it because it didn't really have any substance. And I'm like, well, they kind of gave you substance in the first movie and you didn't like that. You know, I just think people are going to nitpick. I think if you, I think, I think a lot of people, if they weren't signed on by 2018, you were never going to be converted, I almost feel like. True. You know what I mean? Like, if you weren't feeling 2018, if you go into 2018 and you come out and you're like, I prefer H2O, you're never going to be signed on for the other two. And I appreciate that 2018 is more kind of like along the lines of the original, which is about like a Michael coming back, and it's kind of a more... I don't want to use contained, because I don't think it's too contained, but for lack of a better word, it's more contained in like an indie movie, you know, mm -hmm. and it has its nostalgia, whatever. And then you get, you know, the super slasher, um, as John Carmen put it, the slasher on acid, right? Right. And then you get the psychological film. And I don't know, I, I kind of like as a fan, and I feel lucky as a fan that we got a trilogy of movies that were all three different kinds of movies because i said to my friend after the um how halloween ends ended i said you know what's great is that if you want 2018 to be the ending that can be your ending you know and you can you know it, it ends in a way where you're like this could be the end 
Exactly, because there was no way that he can't he could come back through a fucking um industrial shredder. But my thing well, I mean, with this Oh sorry, I was just gonna say this is coming from someone who when they announced two more movies, I was like, Do we need these movies? Because I think twenty eighteen is fine. You know, he burns to me. That's he dies. But then you could also have kills be the ending for the franchise or for this trilogy, you know, where do you know what I mean? Like you can pick your own personal move. You can pick a movie from one of these three and that could be the ending for you. And I think that's kind of, in, that's kind of interesting. Well, you, it's, I mean, it can go, it's kind of like when my friend, um, Ray, if you listen to this, I'm talking about you. It's kind of like what my friend would say about like the X-Men movies and stuff like that. You like, you know, you can, yeah, this movie might not do it for you or this book or this, you know, whatever storyline might not do it for you, but there's all those that came before it that you can always return to. You know what I'm saying? Um, of course. You can always return to um, the original timeline, which is, you know, Laurie Strode, Halloween 1, Halloween 2, the return of Michael Myers, the... Um, uh, um, shit, the revenge of Michael Myers and the curse of Michael Myers, and then you can just be like, okay, I didn't get an ending to my Thorn trilogy, except that, you know, Michael's still out there killing. Or you can do Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection, but, you know, you know, Laurie Strode is dead now, but Michael Myers is still out there somewhere. You can get the Rob Zombie timeline, you know? Right. Um, you can get this timeline, or you can just be like, you know what, my favorite Halloween movie is Halloween Season of the Witch. It's right. all still there. Uh, for me personally, though, I feel that um, with the with the criticism and whatnot is that it is all reaction. It's um initial knee jerk reactions. Let's say like it's part knee jerk reaction, it's part trolling, and it's part um you know this is. They say this is the end, and some people probably don't want to say it, but they kind of probably want some more. But to right. come, to echo what you said about being happy as a Halloween fan, um, some people might say, I mean, Mark, you say, Mark, you might say, you know, you said in the earlier episodes that you felt that uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street has the better, uh, it's better franchise, that and Chucky are the better franchise in that they have an ongoing story and it's all connected. It's like people probably thought it through. The only one that somebody actually thought it through is if, as much as I'm a Fred head, as much as I was fucking ride and die for their franchise, I feel that the child's play Chucky franchise is the one that has evolved continuity because it has the creator still attached to that property. And that's why so many people are feeling Chucky right now because they can feel all their rich history that came before it and then still be here for the modern stories that are still being told. I feel that with Halloween, the reason why I kind of don't bash on this new trilogy is because some people, well, some people might disagree with me and that's fine. You know, that some people felt that they didn't have a clear cut um, storyline lined out, which is today and with today's audiences a must, you know, especially after Scream showed us how to do that. The original Scream trilogy showed us how to do that. Um, but I feel that 
at the same time, you got to give David Gordon, because I'm not going to lie, I initially felt when I watched um, all three of the Halloween um, 2018 trilogy movies, I was like, I don't think that they had a clear-cut idea of what they wanted to do. Tune in next time for the conclusion of the Halloween Ends review with Josh Blokey. Thank you for tuning in, and keep it spooky. Attention. Attention. Do not be disturbed. You are now leaving reality and entering Midnight Social Distortion.